G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, there is a mixed bag in the latest developments in the nation of Israel. There are some positive developments that come with changes by the United States administration regarding Israeli settlements in the disputed occupied territories of Judea and Samaria known as West Bank. But the European Union and the United States now have diametrically opposed views on whether Israel policy on settlements in the occupied territories is legal. The European Court of Justice decided last month that the occupied Palestinian territories are not part of Israel, making Israeli settlements illegal. But... On the 18th of November, the U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo announced that the U.S. no longer considers the establishment of Israeli settlements per se inconsistent with international law, reversing a policy introduced by former President Barack Obama. Well, let's get some insights into what is happening in the nation of Israel. International law expert Andrew Tucker is joining us. He's co-authored the book called Israel on Trial and is part of C4I, which stands for Christians for Israel. He's also a member of the newly formed The Hague Initiative for International Cooperation. Andrew Tucker, welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Good to be with you. Andrew, these Israeli settlements in West Bank, are they in fact illegal? What's your position on all of that? Well, let's first figure out what an Israeli settlement is, Neil. This is uh, part of the problem, I think. International law doesn't talk about settlements as such. The argument that uh, settlements are illegal comes from the Fourth Geneva Convention, which is part of the international humanitarian law. It's the law of war, and it governs the way states deal with civilians in times of armed conflict. Now, and that talks about um, the relevant provision is in the Fourth Geneva Convention. It says you cannot, if you're occupying territory, you cannot transport or deport your own civilian population into the occupied territory. And this was really dealing with what happened after the Second World War when uh, Russia and Germany particularly were moving population groups around and ethnically cleansing parts of Europe to create, um, or before the war, of course, but especially afterwards, um, to, cre- you know, to create facts on the ground and expand their empires. Now, uh, it's talking about, so it's talking about the movement of peoples. So, so what is argued is that since 1967, when Israel took control over, um, let's say, the West Bank, also they took control of other parts as well, but just focusing on the West Bank, um, and since that time, Israelis, citizens, have moved into the West Bank, and they live there, and they live in uh, towns or villages, um, different sizes and sorts, and they are called settlements. 
but it's the movement of people that's illegal or not illegal. Now, I personally think that, first of all, I don't think these are occupied territories because Israel didn't take them from a sovereign entity which had sovereignty over those territories. Jordan didn't have it because it was there really illegally before 1967. And before that, it was part of the mandate for Palestine. And the whole point of the mandate was that Jews would settle in the hills of Judea and Samaria. So I think the first thing is, it's a, it's, I think it's a mistreatment of international law, in fact, a misuse to call Jews living in the old city of Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria illegal. And secondly, I think, is the Israeli government, even if it's occupied territories, I I don't think the Israeli government has moved them, has deported them in the sense of Fourth Geneva Convention. This is not a war crime. People may not like the settlements. They might be not politically very helpful, but they're surely not a war crime. Um, Okay, let's talk about war crimes here, Andrew, because this is the issue that has arisen. Uh, where there is a current international criminal court, they're actually planning some proceedings against some Israeli leaders regarding the settlements, and they're calling these war crimes. So it does sound particularly yeah, yeah. serious. Yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 absolutely happening. Um, the international criminal court was set up in two thousand two. Um, is designed to deal with the most heinous, the most horrible war crimes, crimes against humanity um, that are in the world. It was set up because, you know, national courts can't always deal with these crimes, so we need an international entity. It's, it was set up to deal with, the, you know, the most horrible things that happen. But they've taken a look at Palestine, what they call Palestine, and they regard these territories as occupied. And the statute of the court picks up this clause from the Fourth Geneva Convention and says that the deportation of transportation of peoples is a war crime, uh, which it is. But then they say, well, the Israelis going to live in those in the West Bank, Judea and Samaria. Uh, Israel's allowed that to happen, so Israel... Israeli leaders are guilty of those war crimes, and I think it's really stretching the terms of um, of the ICC's mandate and making a complete mockery of of the whole institution. Well, if they can prove um, that there is transportation or deportation, as you say, yeah. of people, then they'll have a case. Yeah. So is it likely yeah. they'll have any evidence at all? Well, see, this whole thing is, depends on how you interpret the words deport or transport, and they interpret very widely. So they say, for example, the fact that the Israeli government um, gives financial incentives or tax breaks or even giving authorizations for the building of settlement blocks, uh, they say that's, you, you're in effect, you're moving people. Well... I don't think that's what international humanitarian law is is all about. I mean, the settlement is a really it's a political issue. And again, I'm not defending the policy as such, but I don't think it's it's criminal, and I don't think it's a breach of the 
the fourth Geneva Convention. I think what's happening is Israel is... Look, the Palestinians want independence. They want self-determination. That's fine. But you have to negotiate it. You have to... It has to happen in a way that doesn't undermine the state of Israel. And those negotiations are what should be happening, not, not bringing Israelis to court for criminal activities. I think this is not helping anybody. There's another issue, too, to get your thoughts on, Andrew, and that is from the European Union requiring that products that are made in those settlements to be labelled a certain way. Yeah. And uh, I know this is being seen as very controversial. Uh, what's been happening there? Okay, so the European Union has trade agreements with, you know, obviously lots of different countries outside the EU. And there is also sort of consumer protection laws in Europe which say that products have to, you know, the labelling on products has to say where products come from. That's standard practice, of course, and nobody's, you know, that's not a problem. So if you import into Europe a product from um, Argentina or Australia or wherever, you have to say on the label that it's made in Argentina or Australia so people know where it's coming from. So what they say is, well, look, the West Bank is not part of Israel according to EU policy. So therefore, if a product's made in the territories, you can't put the words made in Israel on it because the EU doesn't believe that the territory is part of Israel. Actually, I mean, I don't have a problem with that because except for Jerusalem, where clearly Israel has claimed and exercised sovereignty over the whole city of Jerusalem, uh, and I think there's no doubt that Jerusalem is part of Israeli sovereign territory. The other areas are disputed, Judea and Samaria. Uh, Israel has a claim. Palestinians make a claim to it as well. So they're disputed. So I think it's fair enough to say you can't have made in Israel. But what they also say is, and this is the tricky bit, they say, well, you also have to say if it comes from an Israeli settlement in the territories. And then the whole point is to stigmatize the settlements um, to alert consumers to the fact that coming from a settlement, and they say that's necessary because settlements are illegal. And that's the part that I think is objectionable um, because the EU doesn't have the right to say when settlements are illegal or not. That, that's, a, you know, so, that's a legal question. And I think it's, it's getting very close to a kind of boycott sort of situation where you're stigmatising Jews living in a certain area. So these are like the latest developments that are happening yeah. in the nation of Israel and with those conflicts that happen with the Palestinians insofar as the way that law, and we talk sometimes about lawfare, and that's a word you like to use, yeah. but uh, using the courts mm. uh, to be able to make a point yeah. internationally about settlements, about the products that are produced by Israelis that are settlers, and you think, yep. Andrew, that somehow or other uh, the court's resources, the International Criminal Court, uh, that these resources should be used yep. uh, for real issues and not uh, as a political weapon. I think so, Neil. Look, you know, there's some pretty horrible things going on around the world. There are Christians being slaughtered in Nigeria and in Syria and Iraq. I mean, every day... Um, 
people are being uh, killed. There, there's ethnic cleansing going on in certain parts of the world. Um, there are serious things going on, and that, they're the things the court was set up to deal with. Not, not the question of whether or not a Jew can live in Area A or Area B. You know, no Palestinian is dying from any of this. No Palestinian is is suffering in the way that that the the law of of uh, international criminal law is is talking about. It's it's a political issue and it has to be resolved at a political level. You're visiting Australia. These days you live in Europe and you're visiting Australia, spending mm. some time this coming week uh, just networking, meeting people, making views known and no doubt there'll be some important meetings that you're involved in this week. Let me just ask you very quickly about the newly formed The Hague Initiative for International Cooperation. Uh, that's something you're intimately a part of. Uh, what will it mean for uh, the sorts of lobbying that you do? Well, the whole idea of, of this initiative is to bring international lawyers together from different countries around the world who are concerned about these issues about bringing a more of a sense of balance back into the discussion about the Israeli-Palestinian uh, conflict. Um, we just see a sort of very one-sided tendency and, um, and we, we feel it's a, an inappropriate use of international law. Uh, it's been very much driven by, um, you know, certain blocks of countries who have an interest in supporting the Palestinian cause. Um, we, we, we fully support um, a, a negotiated settlement of the Palestinian claim for, uh, for independence. Um, but we do say that you have to respect the sovereign rights of the State of Israel, and it's not up to the international community to decide where Israel's borders should be or other issues of that nature. It's, it's a, we're a network of international lawyers. We, we do research and writing. We, we uh, educate people. We run programs both in Israel and elsewhere looking at these issues, and we speak with governments about it. And we say, for example, that you know, there's nothing under international law which prohibits a country moving its embassy to the city of Jerusalem and recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of the state of Israel. If you want to do it, we think it's it's okay. It's great getting yeah. your insights on these things, Andrew. Uh, international law expert Andrew Tucker, who's visiting Australia. He's co-author of the book called Israel on Trial. He's a part of C4I, which stands for Christians for Israel, and is a part of the newly formed The Hague Initiative for International Cooperation. I'll give a website or two here for those listeners who might be a little more uh, intimately uh, understanding and interested in the whole uh, way that things are happening with Israel. The Hague Initiative for International Cooperation website is think.info. That's T-H-I-N-C dot info. And Christians for Israel International, the website is C4Israel. That's C, the number four, Israel.org. Andrew Tucker, thanks so much for updating us today on 2020. Pleasure, Neil. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.